Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Humane Nation podcast. I'm your host, Allie. As always, I hope you guys are doing great. First and foremost, I owe you guys an apology. I am so sorry for leaving you hanging the other week. I know that nothing was said about my complete absence of a podcast, and I'm just, I'm so sorry. As some of you may have seen, if you follow us on Instagram, the Humane Nation on Instagram, you may have noticed that my husband and I were in Japan, and this was a really important trip for us because we were able to see family, which we haven't seen since our wedding, which was almost five years ago already, which is wild, but this was a really important trip for us, so I'm so glad we were able to go. But um, yeah, I had full intentions to record something previous, like before we left and then edit while we were on the plane because, you know, 13 and a half hours is a lot of time. But once the trip got closer, I realized there is no way I have time to record something before we leave and it just flew out of my hands. So I am so sorry about that, but I'm happy to be back and to share a little bit about one particular aspect of our trip, which was the deer situation in Japan, which again, if you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen that I posted some facts and pictures about the deer we encountered while on our trip. And yeah, I just wanted to take time to talk about that today. So before we get into that though, let's go ahead and talk about some animal news first. This first piece of news mainly pertains to Michigan. However, I think it's important for everyone to hear about it in the event that it happens in your state too. So the Michigan DNR is wanting to expand on their list of, quote, nuisance animals, unquote, which is pretty much a list of animals that the DNR allows landowners to trap or kill without a permit. If the landowner is seeing that the animal is causing or will cause issues to the property, livestock, or crops. Currently on the list, there are four animals, coyotes, skunks, raccoons, and woodchucks. However, the DNR, because of, I guess, some complaints that they've been receiving, they want to expand the list and add several more animals. So here is the proposed list of animals that the DNR is wanting to add. Beavers, cottontail rabbits, fox squirrel, gray squirrel, ground squirrel, red squirrel, muskrat, possum, and weasels. Personally, I think that this is ridiculous. I think that adding to this list is going to cause so many gray lines when landowners just now have the ability and the freedom to trap and kill animals, even if they think that it would cause an issue, even if they're not currently causing an issue, but if they think that these animals will cause an issue, then they're allowed to do it. And I'm glad I'm not the only one who is against this. It sounds like there are several indigenous tribes in Michigan who are also not for this proposed idea by the DNR, and rightfully so. It seems like people are so inconvenienced by wildlife, even though we're the ones who have been expanding our boundaries more and more, and what else is the wildlife supposed to do? Perhaps would have Perhaps what would have been a better idea proposed by the DNR is that instead of finding more ways to trap and kill animals without permits, maybe it would have been nice if they could find sustainable ways that we can coexist with wildlife. Maybe what would have been a better move by the DNR would be to share tips and tricks of how to sustainably coexist with wildlife, especially as we're you know, entering into spring where wildlife is becoming more active and 
more noticeable. You know, I don't like that this is just an automatic path to trapping and killing when there are maybe ways that we can learn how to coexist with the wildlife that we've been encroaching on. So just something I wanted to bring up and to talk about and also for you to keep on your radar, you know, depending on what your state's DNR is planning to do in the upcoming months too. And according to World Animal News, Dillard's, the department store, is in the hot seat as it is the last major U.S. department store to still sell animal fur. Now, this isn't the first time that Dillard's has been in the hot seat because of fur. Apparently in the early 2000s, quote, HSUS found Dillard's repeatedly selling garments advertised and labeled as faux fur that were actually real animal fur, including fur originating from raccoon dogs, a member of the same family as domestic dogs, unquote. As many of you know, there is a lot of suffering that goes involved into the fur industry. The cruelty, the environmental risk factors, the health factors, I mean the health risk involved, it just, it's not worth it. And really more and more people are realizing this and turning away from real fur and opting for faux fur and major department stores are no longer selling fur products. But yet Dillard's is still not quite there yet. And in fact, according to World Animal News, in 2017 and 2018, Dillard's was the top 30 importer of fur products into the U.S. And so if they make this switch, that would be a huge win for animals and the step into cruelty-free beauty and cruelty-free fashion. But all right, you guys, that wraps up our news portion for this week. Let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So I just want to say Japan is amazing. It is such a beautiful country. I loved our time in Japan. You know, I've been to Canada, but that was when I was very young. Um, But in terms of like flying across the ocean into a new country, this was very new for me and it was a lot of fun. Um, It was amazing spending time with our family and it was amazing seeing where my husband grew up and, you know, all the things that made up his childhood. It was just such a neat experience. But with that, you know, exploring around Japan, we went to several different prefectures and that was super amazing. And ironically, the two places that were probably my favorite out of the whole trip were Miyajima and Nara, which happened to also be the two places that had wild deer. And when you first arrived to Miyajima, which by the way is an island off of Hiroshima, it is gorgeous. It's just this beautiful mountainous island. You arrive by a ferry and when you, when you get there, you will see, no doubt, multiple deer throughout the island and they're used to people they know that they won't be hurt and they've just gotten used to people and will try to come up to you for food and it's discouraged to feed them because they are wild but coming from the states where if you see a deer and you try to get close to it or take a picture you have to be very very quiet because they are highly skittish and will dart away And then coming to Miyajima and seeing these deer just casually wandering around town, you know, it is kind of a a difference and it's, it's neat to see and experience. And it was the same kind of situation when we went to Nara. 
In Nara, there was even more deer. The difference, though, I think, is that in Nara, it's definitely more touristy. Um, there's a lot of tourists in Nara, but also, although it's recommended that you do not feed the deer, like there's signs saying, do not feed the deer, you know, all of these various items, they do have a group that kind of protects the deer and I guess looks out for them in a way. And they sell these little rice crackers that are safe for the deer and that you can buy in order to feed them. And that's the only thing that you can feed the deer in Nara. Because remember, they are wild and they want the deer to stay wild. Even still, they have signs that show like, you know, these deer are wild so they can headbutt you, they can kick you, they can, you know, pull on your purse or your clothes. Like, they're warning people yeah, they're deer that are used to people, but they're still wild deer, so proceed with caution. I didn't feed the deer. I still kind of felt a little odd about that just because, um, you know, my own thinking of, you know, feeding wild animals, you know, I had that (laughs) experience at that, quote, bear sanctuary, which I don't think was really a sanctuary, but the deer in Nara were so used to people and so used to getting the rice crackers from people that they actually, that some of the deer were actually in this habit of bowing. And so I have a video of one of the deer bowing to this woman because they were hoping to get a rice cracker. But in any case, it's just so neat to see deer living harmoniously among people. And it's not like out in the woods somewhere. This was in the town. This was by the temples and the shrines, it it was very interesting to experience. One of the reasons why deer particularly are protected, I guess you could say protected, in Nara and Miyajima is because of this Shinto belief that deer are one of the messengers of the gods, and so therefore are sacred. So much so that at one point, killing a deer would actually be punishable by death. That's how special and sacred these deer were at one point, and to some extent are still special and sacred. I have to say, it was such a neat experience to be able to go through a shrine and then there being just deer casually strolling along, or when we went past some of the more crowded areas and crowded streets, There were deer just relaxing, laying in the grass in groups and just, it seemed to me just enjoying their life. And being able to see that was such a neat experience. So after doing some research, I thought maybe like most deer were protected in Japan, but in reality, I think it's in specific areas. Deer that are more often found in like the wild, wild, not within a major town like Nara or on an island like Miyajima, I think obviously don't have the same kind of protections. Learning about the deer situation in Japan has been quite interesting because you know how different it is here in the States. Something to consider is that in Japan, deer have absolutely no natural predators. And this is because wolves, which were once the only predator of deer in Japan, have been extinct for years and years and years. And so now deer are able to congregate in areas and reproduce without the fear of having any sort of natural predators. And so this is where things start to get a little tricky is because even though they are 
in these more populated areas, they're used to people in these tourist areas. Um, in the wild, a situation starts to happen where now you have to consider the natural vegetation. And if deer are becoming so populous for the area and for the island that Japan is, it, it becomes a concern of the natural ecosystem. And so something that has needed to happen is government now doing calling of deer because there's just so many and they're worried about the vegetation. One, they're not being enough for all of the deer. And two, it then hindering other animals within the ecosystem. So it's quite interesting learning about how, while yes, it's amazing that these deer in Nara and Miyajima can live harmoniously with people without a concern of being harmed, it also then raises a flag of, well, deer also don't have any sort of natural predators and then are able to reproduce so rapidly and just so many and then causing some sort of environmental concern. Something that I think would be an interesting take is that I, you know, as obviously an animal lover and someone who doesn't want to see animals having to be called like this, is the use of immunocontraceptives for deer. And I know this is something that has been introduced in the States and still kind of testing things out, but also I wonder how that would be and be like in Japan. So in that way, they're not just called, but they can be maybe not reproducing so readily. It's just as an animal lover and as someone who wants to see both the environment thriving and also the welfare of animals thriving, because then the two kind of go hand in hand. If the environment is healthy and good, then the animals can be healthy and good because they have food sources. You know, it's just all this big circle that intertwines with each other. The whole coexisting thing happens between environment and mammals too. But trying to figure out ways that can help this phenomenon. You know, it's been talked about what happens if wolves are reintroduced to Japan. You know, how would that affect things? But it's been so long without having wolves, it would be a little bit interesting to see what would happen with the ecosystem as a whole if they were to be reintroduced and not just in regards to the deer. In the States, we don't really have this kind of issue because while we do have a lot of deer, we also have many natural predators. We also have hunting here in the States. And hunting is not very common or popular in Japan. Doesn't mean that it's not a thing, but it is definitely more restricted and uh, the gun laws obviously are quite different. And so it's just interesting and unique to see how, you know, the deer situation is like in other countries. And so that's just kind of a brief synopsis of what I wanted to talk about is just the deer situation as a whole, you know, why they ended up becoming like this. But then also understanding that this does come with a price and that price is the ecosystem in which other mammals live in and other flora live in and then not wanting to spread the risk of dearborn illnesses or tick-borne illnesses. Um, you know, it is a lot to consider. And so I just wanted to kind of share that, you know, the pros and just how amazing it is and also the cons and the things that are needing to be considered now in Japan because of the, the deer population. So 
thank you guys for bearing with me as I'm, you know, trying to convey my thoughts in this episode. I know that it's a little bit different than usual and I'm, again, I'm so sorry about the previous episode or the lack of episode, I should say. Thank you guys for being understanding and I'm looking forward to getting back in the swing of things soon as we continue on with our episodes coming up. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Humane Nation and see what we're up to there. As you probably remember from last time, our website is currently down. I've been having issues with it. I'll just be straight up with you guys. I've been having issues with the website and so I'm not entirely sure when we will be able to get it back, but um, I'm having to figure some things out with that. So thank you guys for bearing with me on that. If you're wanting to contact me, either questions, comments, or if you're wanting to collaborate somehow, please go ahead and contact us either through Instagram, Facebook, or through our email, which is info at thehumanenation.com. And I will be happy to get back to you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. 